Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Good morning. It's Wednesday, October 4th, the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm Jack Windsor, Editor-in-Chief of the Ohio Press Network. That's theohiopressnetwork.com. I'm filling in and honored to do so for Bruce Hooley, who is still recovering from brain surgery. But I have some good news. Bruce will be with us today at 1222. So you'll want to set an alarm and make sure that you're tuned in because he's going to provide the analysis that uh, he's renowned for and give us an update. And I am excited to talk with Bruce today at 1222. History was made yesterday at the U.S. House as members voted to vacate the Speaker's chair. Kevin McCarthy is out as Congressman Matt Gates, eight Republicans, partnered with Democrats to oust the Speaker. That's the first time that's ever been done in the lower chamber. More on that later. But right now, the phone lines are open. Call in and weigh in at 844-825-5989. That's 844-TALK-989. And let me know, was it wise to vacate the Speaker's chair at this moment in time, the same time that the House is supposed to be using a 45-day extension to negotiate the rest of the federal budget? Or will this create a distraction that acts as a cover for Hunter and Joe Biden as House investigations continue into the alleged crime syndicate? And will it take away from further or future meaningful budget negotiations? Call in, let me know what you think. Also today, I'll be joined by Lisa Chaffee, the Director of Parents' Rights and Education in Ohio. She'll join at 1135. We're going to talk about the importance of local school board races around the state. This is more important than ever, given the potential fiasco we face Today, with the State Board of Education, which essentially ceases to exist after a group of seven board members filed a lawsuit in Franklin County, and the Democrat judge there issued a temporary restraining order that stopped the establishment of a new Department of Education and Workforce. We're going to get to that in just a moment. At 12.06, Amy Natosi will be with us. She's from Protect Women Ohio and is going to give us an update on the progress being made by opponents of Issue 1 as early voting starts next week, a week from today. Now, Issue 1 is that radical proposed amendment that would allow abortion to birth for matters of convenience and permit minors to abort and gender transition without parental consent, making Ohio the most radical state in the nation on both matters. State Auditor Keith Faber is going to be here at 1235 to talk about the Ohio Redistricting Commission's work last week. They produced state legislative maps and a unanimous vote. And Democrats are already kvetching about it. Can you believe it? They voted in favor, but they're already complaining. He's also going to weigh in on issue one. So auditor favor at 1235. Hey, are you seeking a lucrative side hustle? The Alpha Beta Report is your golden ticket. They've cracked the code 
on turning humble accounts into towering assets. Get educated, get empowered, and let your money work wonders. Dive in at alphabetareport.com. Right now, I want to go to the LegacyOnPossumRun.com phone lines and welcome a very special guest. It's the first time I've had the privilege and honor to talk with State Senator Bill Reinecke. He's a Republican representing the people of Senate District 26. That stretches from just west of Delaware, down close to Dublin, up through Marion, Tiffin, and Fremont. Uh, Senator Reinecke, welcome to The Bruce Woolley Show. How are you Good morning. Good morning, sir. Thank you for carving out time to be with us today. Happy to be here. Hey, I want to talk about the lawsuit filed by seven progressive state board of education members and uh, the Democratic judge who issued a temporary restraining order that has stalled the crucial changes in education that were set to begin October 3rd. Uh, We're going to hear more about that case today, uh, but one of the things that they're upset about is essentially Senate Bill 1 that was wrapped into the budget. That's what would have gone into effect. You created Senate Bill 1. So tell our listeners, what was that? What was the aim of that bill? What, what was it attempting to achieve? First of all, Senate Bill 1 was the result of seven years worth of work on this issue, going back to when I was a member in the House. And this was driven by my local constituents. I met with my local school board president, my uh, economic development director, and principals, et cetera. They were very frustrated with the Ohio Department of Education and with the school system. They wanted to be able to provide workshop opportunities for the kids instead of having them sit there for four or five study periods doing nothing. We also wanted to basically focus on student purpose. Everybody's got a purpose. Not everybody's cut out for college. And uh, part of that issue is trying to get our kids through the career tech mechanisms that we have in place. It's been viewed as a, as, you know, a stigmatized area that we don't really want our kids to go there, but yet it's, it's producing really good results and actually is a really good pathway into colleges. Yeah, it really is. You know, we have uh, friends who are in uh, the electrical business and the plumbing business, and they're consistently telling us that there's a shortage of skilled and in, in, in those types of positions. And uh, I agree with you. Not everyone is hardwired to go to college. Some, some students need to learn a trade. And go work, and uh, the, the market is ripe for that right now. So this bill would have created the Department of Education and Workforce, which I believe is uh, made up of the primary and secondary education division, as well as uh, career and, and technical uh, division, and then deputy directors uh, below a director that would be uh, appointed by the governor. Do you think that is what is at issue here? Do you think that the board members are concerned? that uh, their power is going to be usurped and that the governor's appointment as director is going to have all the power to control curriculum and uh, expectations throughout the state. The biggest objection that everybody keeps bringing up is that this is a, this is becomes the governor's pet project. And uh, that could not be any more, uh, that could not be any more. That's just misaccurate. It's Mm -hmm. inaccurate because I have no control over my constituents on helping with career paths in my district. As an example, if there is a restaurant owner that has an issue with the Department of Commerce, I can call the Department of Commerce into my office. If I have a problem with the EPA, a manufacturing issue, I can call them into my office. But ODE just fails to respond to the legislature. So I, I think it's a misstatement that this, this is taking away representation because I will tell you, my constituents, our constituents, do not have representation when a person represents a million people. I represent 360,000 and cannot operate on the best interests of my, my district. 
one thing that floored me, I talked to State Senator Andrew Brenner, and he let me know that the State Board of Education has failed to do what it's constitutionally required to do, which is appoint or elect or select a superintendent. How, how long have they uh, punted or kicked the can down the road on that endeavor? It's been well over a year and a half, and um, I guess I guess the biggest the best statement I can make about the whole issue is that complacency is just not acceptable. And it just seems that they want to perpetuate the, the terrible success rates that our, our schools are having. My schools do relatively well. It'd be great to have a career pathways. But if you look at the, at the suburban metro schools, mm-hmm. how can 0% be, be satisfactory to the people who are filing these lawsuits? We have got to make action and get things done. If you uh, look at all the technology issues that are being brought to our attention, we used to say, I used to go out and talk to groups and say five to ten years. Now it's down to two to three years. Our technology is changing, and we have to be reactive now. And on top of all the COVID issues, this should that we need this bill to take place immediately. I'm talking with State Senator Bill Reinecke, and we're talking about uh, what was Senate Bill 1. And as he mentioned, this was a, a six- to seven-year endeavor and it's something that was wrapped into the state budget and passed, and it was due to go into law on October, I believe, October 3rd. Um, and right now, today, I believe we're going to hear uh, more in this lawsuit. So let me ask you this. I know you're, I'm asking you to look into a crystal ball here. H- how do you see this playing out? Do you see this judge ruling that um, Senate Bill 1's language in, in the budget is, is illegal? I don't think so. We've done a lot of uh, research over the last seven years, and uh, you know we've modified the original legislation to to be where it is today. We specifically understand the, the uh, what the Constitution says about the board, and have left those duties and responsibilities there. We have not changed the makeup on how the board is put together. We have changed it, and we're allowed to make those changes according to the Ohio Constitution. Yeah, one of the things I scratched my head about was I believe one of the arguments was, hey. Uh, this was put in the budget, and you know it's it's basically one bill, one law. Well, that's interesting because I've read a lot of state budgets over the years, and oftentimes there are several law changes or additions, and then appropriations to fund those changes. So um, it kind of seems like a flimsy argument to me. We've got less than a minute here, but let me ask you this: If the judge does say, "Hey, this this can't go," where does that leave you, and and what would the Senate do about it? Well, I believe the uh, governor's got a chain of uh, uh, actions in place, and uh, I guess we would follow those and be very helpful to him. Uh, I think that moving forward has already been set in the law. We, we have to move forward. We cannot have a void there in the education department. So I'm pretty sure the Senate would follow in line with the governor's, governor and lieutenant governor's recommendations. Well, I want to thank you on behalf of our listeners for all the work that you're doing to change the education structure in this state And uh, thank you for standing up and uh, doing the things that need to be done. He is uh, State Senator Bill Reinecke. Uh, Thank you for joining us this morning, sir. Thank you, sir. Hey, uh, stay tuned. Uh, I'll take your phone calls on the other side of this break. I want to hear what you think about McCarthy's effort yesterday to oust the speaker. Welcome back to the Bruce Hooley Show on 98.9 FM, The Answer. I'm Jack Windsor, filling in for Bruce Hooley. Bruce is going to join us at 1222 today, so make sure that you are tuned in. And hey, the uh, phone lines are open at 844-825-5989. 
That's 844-TALK-989. Let's talk. Do you think Congressman Gates and his initiated ouster of Speaker McCarthy is a good or bad thing? Well, we had one caller earlier over the break say, good thing. And uh, what we need to do is nominate President Trump to be Speaker of the House. And then when uh, people vote against him, then we need to campaign and and find people to primary those people. So one of the prevailing opinions is uh, President Trump is the guy. That would be a little bit difficult, perhaps, if he's running for president in 2024. I'm not sure what the rules of engagement are there. Uh, And if you are a constitutional law expert or a congressional law expert, rules and procedures expert, is that even possible? I'm curious. Uh, But I'm going to go to the Legacy on Possum Run dot com phone lines right now i have lad in galena on the line uh, lad welcome to the bruce woolley show how are you this morning sir hey jack i'm doing great thanks for having me on hey you're welcome uh grateful that you uh took some time to call in so what say you about this uh speaker mccarthy ouster initiated by florida congressman uh gates yeah a uh, good or bad I think it remains to be seen. Um, let's start with the Speaker of the House when you're a Republican. It's got to be one of the most thankless jobs in the world. Uh, you're beaten down by Democrats and undermined by one wing of the party or another. I mean, I, I wouldn't want that job. Um, the first first point, I, second point I would say is I'm all for holding Republicans accountable mm-hmm. for continue to pile on debt and spending. Um, you know, when Democrats get in, they spend like crazy and then Republicans spend a little less crazy. But I got to ask now that he's been pushed out, what now? I mean, I, I hope they have a plan. I mean, because that's a that's a pretty dramatic move. Does the Biden impeachment inquiry stop? Do other investigations stop? I mean, are we going to go faster holding the administration accountable or slower? Yeah. And I got to tell you. If Hakeem Jeffries ends up the speaker, I'm going to be mad. That is not going to be good. Well, so a couple of points there. It is a thankless job. I remember talking with Congressman Jim Jordan during the speaker race at the beginning of this Congress. And listeners may remember it took 14, 15 iterations, votes to elect McCarthy and Jim Jordan was one of the guys at the top of that list. And talking with him and his team members, he said, I don't want that job. It is a thankless job. You can't do anything right. Someone's always going to be peeved. And, uh, you know, it, you, you can be undermined. Now, I think Jim being a, a member of the Freedom Caucus probably helps his cause. But interestingly enough, did you, did you hear this today, lad? My understanding is that Jim Jordan is leaving the door open to be the next speaker. Have you heard that? And what do you think about I, that? I did see that. I think he went even further. He said he is um, officially a candidate for the speaker position was, was the last thing I saw. Um, I obviously love Jim Jordan. I think he is just the most indispensable um, congressman we have and, and so proud of him for, for being from Ohio. I, I just wonder, um, can the can anybody do the work that he does when he moves into the speaker position? And will that being the speaker drive him out of Congress, yeah. um, you know, over time? Because when, what he does holding the other side accountable is just um, just amazing. 
Um, so that, that's a tough one. I mean, he would be he would be one of my my top picks for the speaker role as long as he um, is able to make the same impact that he does now. And interestingly enough, uh, lawmakers were supposed to be sent home yesterday. And so it's all right. We ousted the speaker. No one has no one has replaced him. And I just want to play what uh, Matt Matt Getz said about that uh, on on Fox yesterday. We should get to electing a new, more conservative, more trustworthy speaker immediately. And I'm calling on Patrick Patrick McHenry, who currently is the speaker pro tem, to reconsider the decision that he just made to send everyone in Congress home for a week. This is not the time to go home for a week. We should stay and elect a new speaker. That's the path ahead. As far as the criticism that I worked with Democrats... The yellow brick road of working with Democrats was paved by Kevin McCarthy, whether it was the debt limit deal, whether it was the continuing resolutions. This is a guy who was willing to partner with conservatives on the frivolous. Right. But whenever there was a spending matter, he partnered with Democrats. That- so interesting commentary there. I tend to agree with him. I think you don't go home for a week. Uh, you have a 45 day window of opportunity to, to wrangle this budget in. And that time that clock is running. And now, you don't have leadership. So I agree with that. But, um, you know, do you have a more conservative speaker? Maybe it's Jim Jordan. But there are a couple of things here. One, so what? What if you get a more conservative speaker? How does that change the composition of the Senate? How does that change the composition of the White House? And is that person going to bargain harder on these budget deals? Is, is that what this is really all about? But, Lad, I want to get your take on this. Uh, one more question here, about a minute Interestingly enough, the, the argument is you partnered with Democrats, and that's kind of a, a deal breaker. That's like a cardinal sin. We've seen this movie before in the state of Ohio when Jason Stevens did it. Do you think Matt Gates is going to get the same type of criticism that Jason Stevens in Ohio has? Oh, <laughs> we, we can only hope um, <laughs> that uh, Stevens gets the type of criticism that, that uh, is coming his way. Um, my thoughts on that is Gates does have a have have a point um, about sending Congress home. I, I don't I don't see the point in that either. Um, but if we do get a more conservative speaker, there's going to be a wing of liberal to moderate Republicans that cause him the same issues, him or her the same issues that the conservative wing caused McCarthy. So they are they kept pushing him to the right. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there's uh, elected House members from swing districts, from purple districts and whatnot, who may not, um, you know, help the new conservative speaker do any better. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm not really seeing that, you know, a new House leader that's more conservative is going to get more done when we have a Democrat controlled Senate and this this Biden guy in the White House. But good I good will analysis. Say that, uh, lad, we're out of time, buddy. The- I, I, we're out of okay. time. Uh, thank you for calling in. Hey, on the other side of this break, I have Lisa Chaffee, Director of Parents' Rights and Education Ohio. Don't miss it. Lots of channels. Nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel. Straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on local now, channel 525.